You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. You know what that sound is. There's a nader coming through. Duck and cover. Oh my God. Take shelter. It's coming. Oklahoma City Thunder. It's here. Go on the road to Phoenix. Cause a little nader storm. Yes. 22nd victory on the season. 118-102 win over the Phoenix Suns. On the road. Obviously big game from Russell Westbrook. Uh, Dennis Schroeder caught fire late. Not the story of the game. No, not at all. The story th- of the game, Abdul Nader. The Thunder Savior is here. I mean, it's here. It's here. We've been looking for a third superstar all season. We thought it might be Steven Adams who needed to go to the All-Star game. Some people thought Dennis Schroeder needed to win Sixth Man of the Year. I'm here to tell you, Abdul Nader is the answer to all of our prayers. Yes, he is. Um, it was a performance for the ages. Definitely the Abdul Nader <laughs> podium game, to, to say the least. Uh, the former Iowa State Cyclone had... His best game of his career, I mean, he was a Boston Celtic and a whatever their G League team is called. I'm not familiar with uh, that level of the G League. Um, but his best game probably since being a pro. Um, definitely a great performance for him. And Russell said in the post game with Nick Gallo right after the game ended that he thought that Bill Nader was the reason why the Thunder won this game. And with the way the flow of the game went, it's kind of hard to disagree with him. Yeah, I mean, for me personally... My co- my complaint about this Thunder team and me putting a ceiling on them has been the bench play in the past month. Dennis Schroeder obviously has good games here and there, but outside of that, they've been just so inconsistent. And I know people love Hamadou Diallo and Alex Abrinas, but Alex Abrinas isn't hitting shots. Hamadou Diallo is a young kid who's still trying to get it figured out. They just have no one outside of Dennis Schroeder playing good basketball. Um, I'm not saying that he's the answer to this prayer, Abdul Nader is. Uh, but I'm saying... What he showed tonight was it looked real. It didn't look fluky. Sometimes you watch people put up big point totals that you're not expecting from guys who normally don't play that well, and and you're like, oh, that just looks fluky. You know, he's making some layups that are really, really contested, and they're just finding their way in, or he's hitting some shots, fading to one side, and I don't know how they're finding the rim, but there they are. Abdul Nader hitting wide open threes, dribbling to the basket, getting layups and and ones, and hitting his free throws. That all can translate to any game. That what we saw from Abdul Nader tonight, which again, I know Russell Westbrook put up 40 in a double-double effort. Dennis Schroeder hit three threes in the fourth quarter. That's all well and good. Abdul Nader might be the reason that the Oklahoma City won this game single-handedly. Well, for me, uh, which by the way, Chisholm, uh, forgive me, uh, have we introduced ourselves? No, no, no. I don't even know who, what, who I am. Who's that over there? This is Chisholm Holland on the First Take Thunder Post. Okay, you're brought to you by TotallyTickets.com. And I'm joined by Brady Trantham. Woo! What's up? And Austin Brissett. Happy to be here, folks. Uh, Happy to be be here. here. Always. We're happy that you're here, Austin, because I don't know what to do over there. (laughs) Okay. I know Chisholm Chisholm said he wasn't a big fan of of driving in and also... uh, Doing push. I would have done so, it. No, I wouldn't have done it. Just total <laughs> transparency. I would have done it. It would have been no show tonight if, if there was Chisholm in the back. Of, I would have told Jerry no. When there Jerry called and asked me to do this show, if I would have had to do that, I would have just said no. Sorry, not going to do it. Yes, but here we go. Yes. Anyway, but Abdul for, Nader. But for me, being now, I guess my name is Brady Trantham now. But for me, uh, the beat writers that cover the team and, and, and myself, we've all kind of had the same opinion about Abdul Nader. He looks like one of the probably the best pure shooter this team has. He has a smooth release, a quick release. The mechanics are all there. It just comes down to probably his defense and 
the fact that the Thunder just needs something from the power forward position, even though he was kind of a hybrid with the three and the four. Yeah. Billy Donovan said at the beginning of the year when Nader uh, recovered from his offseason injury that kept him out of most of the preseason, that he honestly didn't know if he could run Nader at the four. It was kind of a weird exchange. I, I believe uh, Brett Dawson from The Athletic asked Billy that question. But, I mean, we've, we've had the, all the same opinion for the l- last few months. He looks like the best shooter on the team, and he finally got a chance to show it off tonight. And it, it's, it's the best type of situation. When you are down Paul George, you're down Alex Abrinas, and you only get a half out of Terrence Ferguson because he's sick with whatever plague has befallen this team. This team has been stricken with some type of sickness. Um, when you have those many guys out, you need somebody to step up, and Nader certainly did that and showed off his skill set. Yeah, I mean, we've been, and you're one of the people who have been telling me, as someone who doesn't go to practice every day and doesn't see these guys in that kind of a setting, that he's the best shooter on the team. And I'm, that's just me taking people at their word. That's true. And I have been saying it on the radio and watching the Thunder games with my friends as a joke is, oh yeah, Abdul Nader, best shooter on the team. Like, like it, it's a pun because there's no reason for us to believe that outside of people are telling this. It's like the Stephen Adams can shoot threes myth. Like we've seen two videos now, but that doesn't mean it's real. <laughs> it's the exact same thing with me for Abdul Nader. And now I suddenly believe, no, he's got some offensive game to him. Yeah, I mean, it's important to remember every single NBA player in an open gym with nobody defending him looks like the best shooter you've ever seen. I mean, even Andre Robertson can be, you know, beyond the three-point line going around the world and hit... 60, 70% of his three-point shots. It's just a different... It's obviously a different animal when there's somebody defending you and there's thousands of people watching you. But there is just that kind of observational, I guess, category you can place some players in that you just know, okay, that shot and that ability can translate to the game. And with Nader, he's... He didn't have an off season. He, um, he with with the team. He was dealing with a quad injury, I believe, or some type of hamstring. Didn't get to go through that much of the preseason. Obviously, fell deep down into the rotation early on. Had some trash duty that you, it's really hard to kind of build up some type of momentum and right. rhythm. Um, but now, recently, especially against Houston, where he got a lot of burn at the backup um, at the four spot because Houston was just going small. That probably gave him enough confidence and enough of a rhythm of, of actual game time against um, starters and quality backups that he thought, okay, let me get, let me, I've got acclimated now. Let me show it off. And who better than the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, the Phoenix <laughs> Suns will accommodate making anyone look good. Uh, they are trying for Zion or not trying for Zion, depending on what T-shirt you look at on the internet. Uh, obviously, we <laughs> talked a lot about Abdul Nader. Now let's go back to the other superstars in this team that actually played really well tonight. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a 40.12 rebound a game with eight assists, just a little bit shy of a triple-double there. Uh, but he was unbelievable on the offensive end, and a large portion of this season, ever since he tweaked his knee, I think it was, no, it was his ankle. Ever since he tweaked his ankle, his shot has just been absent, just totally gone. Suddenly in this game, he started out the ball game by going to the rim immediately on the first possession, then followed it up on the second possession with a pull-up jump shot from you know the mid-range that he has been so famous for for the past few seasons, but it's just been absent this year. Suddenly his offensive game looked like the Russell Westbrook of old, and he was efficient tonight. I know he shot 29 times, but he hit 17 of them, 3 of 7 from the three-point line. I know people are going to freak out about the three-point attempts, but if he hits three of them, Nobody in the Thunder organization is going to complain. What was the difference there as far as Russell Westbrook suddenly looking like he's in the flow as far as his shot making goes? D. Anthony Milton was guarding him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, because Russell has had some pretty trash backups defend him, and it's re- his 
his inability to hit a shot consistently has had little to do with a lot of the defenders that have been throwing his way in the last few weeks. But tonight, yeah, like you said, the first play of the game, the Thunder win the tip, and Russell just goes straight to the rim and hits the layup. And it just seemed like, okay, he's at least going to be aggressive, and he has to because there's no Paul George. And he just kept going to the rim and kept going to the rim. And after he had about three or four shots under his belt uh, in the paint, that's when he started to extend his game out to, which actually I think his next shot outside of the paint was at a three that he hit. It, yeah, it just looked, it just was Russ's night, and you hope if you're a Thunder fan that he can take this game and build on it because if you know Paul George comes back, you know, we have no idea the extent of that injury. Uh, as far as everybody knew, he was fine um, at practice yesterday. Billy Donovan said that everybody practiced yesterday, so it it was either just a planned rest game, and the Thunder are just saying, oh yeah, he's some injury, or it happened afterwards. So we don't know the extent, but if there's no Paul George for the foreseeable future for the next few games, you hope Russell can build on this. And it was certainly a performance where he could build on it because the shot looked like it was there. He looked comfortable. Uh, he didn't really end up with a great efficiency. I mean, what was it? Uh, 17 of 20? Well, I mean, almost 60%. That's, that's pretty good. That's actually really good. That's pretty good. It just There was a point in the third quarter in the beginning of the fourth where Russell just got kind of careless with the ball. So I guess I just kind of, oh yeah, he just started to yeah, six turnovers regress to the Russ. mean. But yeah, overall, a great performance by Russell Westbrook, uh, which is sadly going to be overshadowed by the, the lead that we brought in with the Abdul Nader game. Yeah, and then you know the other talking point in this ball game is going to be Dennis Schroeder was vacant for the entire first three quarters of this ball game. Uh, I think he started out one of seven, if I'm not mistaken, um, and you know just could not get a shot to fall. And a lot of them were contested layups. Uh, he does that little thing where he has a very quick first step, but he tries to get to the rim and scoop the ball up. Well, Phoenix was doing a great job of rotating over to him, making those shots tough, and he couldn't find anything. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, he caught fire. And he couldn't miss uh, for about a six-minute stretch all the way to end this ball game. And in reality, Abdul Nader kept them in it when they probably didn't deserve to be. Russell Westbrook was good from start to finish. But I don't think with that fourth quarter from Dennis Schroeder, they close out this game the way they did. Obviously, they end up winning by 16 points. Dennis Schroeder, the biggest reason why, that went from a close contested ball game where they're going to be going down to the stretch to, oh, this is a blowout, and Phoenix is pulling all their starters with three minutes left in the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the performance that the Thunder have kind of been missing the last few games, at least. It seems like I, I kind of glanced at Schroeder's um, last few box scores. Not the efficiency that we've been accustomed to this season with Schroeder. He's kind of had a little bit of an off night here and there. Um, but tonight, he hit his first three shots in the fourth quarter after what, a, a one-of-eight start in the game. One of those shots being a three-pointer to uh, open up the fourth. And it just really, like you said, it helped the Thunder just get into a rhythm that the Suns couldn't recover from. I mean, the Thunder outscored the uh, the Suns 37-18 to in the fourth quarter. And... It doesn't matter if you're the Phoenix Suns or the Boston Celtics or the Golden State Warriors. If you get outscored 37-18 in the fourth and your opponent's backup point guard is just on fire, you're probably not going to win that game. Starting shooting guard, sir. Please get Tonight's the starting, starting shooting guard. Yes, you yeah. are correct. I am so wrong. Do not disparage Raymond Felton's 12 minutes, please. Hey, he actually did some things. He did some things. Austin, he no, did some things. No, I don't know if you saw that. No, no, no. He did that thing. He did. He got one steal, and he dribbled from about half court to the rim and scored on a layup. That's the only thing I can think of. It was, it was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. slow, and it was deliberate. It was. I mean, it was faster than, probably faster than me. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Well, probably, probably. All right, so there you go. There's all your high points as far as reading the box score to, to you and just letting that tell a little bit of the story in this game. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and hit the player of the game. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Awesome, Brissett. We haven't talked to you all night. Let's go ahead and get your vote 
on the player of the game? My vote? It's got to be Abdel Nader, right? Has to be. Has to be. It absolutely has to be. Does Brady agree? Uh, I thought Patrick Patterson's uh, little hook shot. Did he play? Yeah, he, he played uh, ten minutes. Oh, didn't he? Yeah, he posted up Jamal Crawford. He, he, was, a a scor- he was a scorching fifty percent from the field. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Yes, Abdul. Did he miss his open three? Yes, yes, he did. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Patrick Patterson. Anyway, um, uh, yes, this is definitely the Abdul Nader game. Uh, it's it's what the Thunder have been missing the last few weeks. And, I mean, even though they've kind of con- continued to win at a nice pace, and you know they've lost two in a row coming into this game, and a lot of just a lot of the whole, I guess, theme surrounding the team the last few games is just, are we starting to get to the conversation where the Thunder need to make a trade? Because I think up until the last week and a half, it was, oh yeah, sure, if there's like an awesome trade that you can't say no to, then make it. But I don't foresee the Thunder really wanting to mess with this chemistry on this team and at, to a detriment. So um, then the last few games kind of happen and then you're thinking, okay, this team is struggling with shooting and there's a Huge need at the backup four. And then they throw Abdul Nader out there against Houston. He looks kind of lost, doesn't hit a shot. And you, that's kind of when the trade thoughts kind of keep going. And then tonight, it's, yes, maybe the Thunder have something in Abdul Nader. And Billy Donovan, I was down in Houston for the game, and Billy Donovan said afterwards that, uh, he, I mean, he, he had a lot of optimistic things to say about Nader. And it, it's been different going into the preseason and in the regular season where Billy had really nothing to say about him. And he was being honest. He's like, I don't know what we have in him. But Billy said, I think he's going to be a very good player for us. And he has a lot of a lot of things to his skill set that he can give us. And yeah, I think you saw it all on display tonight. Yeah, I think this is about as good as we're ever going to see Abdul Nader play. Um, you know, this is peak performance from him for sure. Uh, and yeah, Abdul Nader across the board going to get the player of the game, obviously. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 40 points, and a shooter at 20 points. Uh, that's great, well and dandy. When you get 18 points off the bench from a guy that no one was even sure was going to touch the floor tonight and plays 33 minutes, and I was skeptical of what he was going to do defensively. He wasn't good, but he wasn't bad. He's fine. He was there. He made some good rotations here and there, but overall... He was a good player, and so well-deserving of the player of the game, just front to back, as far as getting a performance from someone you're not expecting. So congratulations, Abdul Nader. First, probably only, uh, player of the game this year. Go Clones. Cyclones. Cyclones. They're on TV right now. They, they are on TV. And heck of a comeback. Hakeem Butler had an awesome catch. Jimmy Butler. Oh, Hakeem Butler. Football. Sorry, Hakeem. I'm in basketball, man. Well, uh, yo, I'm Come on. Multitask, bro. Yeah, multitask. All right, so uh, that's going to do it for the first segment of the Thunder First Take postgame show. But obviously, you guys need to get a hold of us. Easiest way to do that is to text us, 88474-88474. Type the word text, a space, and then your message. That is the Cummins Auto Group text line in Weatherford. Uh, so reach out to us there or tweet at us, at Chisholm Holland, at Brady Trantham, and at Austin Brissett. At a Brissett. At a Brissett. A Brissett. It's at Brady Does Sports. Brady Does Sports. Well, I said that last time, too, didn't I? No, it's okay. It's okay. At Brady Does Sports. Well, you have a last name. I figured no one's got the Twitter handle, at Brady Trans. Well, now now the, the Thunder And just... you don't, you're not doing sports. You're covering sports. We've been over that, too. I know. I can't actually do sports. I've seen a video of you <laughs> shoot a basketball. Um, actually, I'm, I'm a little excited. The Thunder signed uh, uh, blue player Dante uh, Grantham to a two-way deal. They waive Tyler Davis. So now, if for some reason they throw him out there and Grantham hits a three, and I hear on the uh, I hear the PA, Grantham, for three, I can just be like, oh, that kind of sounds like me. I was almost out there. Oh. Almost out there. I can dream. That would be a big dream. That would be a big dream. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us. Obviously, you can reach out to us on the phone line as well, 405 405- 
460-1077-460-1077. That's a little Caesars Hot and Ready hotline. Uh, so we will come back. We are going to do the uh, player of the game as well as the uh, all-loved segment by Bray Trantham, the Who That Dunked That, on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back. If you're just now joining us, this is the Thunder First Take postgame show brought to you by TotallyTickets.com. Make sure you go check out those guys. Obviously, they can get you hooked up for anything you're looking for in the Oklahoma City metro area as far as ticketing and events go. Uh, but you are here to listen about the Oklahoma City Thunder defeating the Phoenix Suns 118-102 on the road, getting their 22nd win of the season. Uh, so now Thunder are 22-12 and 12 on the year. Uh, I wouldn't say climbing the Western Conference standings. They're 6-5 and five in their last 11 games, cooling off a little bit uh, from that hot streak that they were on. But they still sit second in the Western Conference, tied with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, as far as uh, conference standings go, only behind the Denver Nuggets by a half game. Uh, Brady, I, obviously, we talk about it all the time. The Western Conference is just cram-packed. Uh, between... Second to last, and first place is seven and a half games, which sounds like a ton, but in reality, if you're talking about from the top to the bottom of a conference, not that many games. Phoenix is the only team that's just a bottom dweller uh, in the Western Conference. What are your thoughts about this race and how it's shaping up with the Thunder being mixed in? Yeah, I think everybody is just kind of waiting for either one team to just go on a crazy run and, and separate themselves from the bunch. Right. Or a few of these teams like the Clippers, maybe the Rockets who are kind of you know, they're playing on fumes at this point. They're they're on a really nice win streak, and James Harden is playing exceptional offensive basketball. I think he had another forty point game the other night against uh, against the Celtics in a Rockets win. I think they're I guess that's their fourth win, right? Or is that the third win? Third really? win in a row since uh, Chris Paul went down. Yeah, I think I think one of those two things people are waiting for either someone to win a bunch, someone to start losing a bunch. But yeah, it's it's incredible how competitive this Western Conference is. Um, the Thunder are definitely in a good spot. I I've always felt like even last year. Portland, of course, went on that really hot win streak, and and they, for whatever reason, own Oklahoma City. I mean, there are we know the reasons, but they own Oklahoma City. They earned that right last year. They got the uh, third seed. Oklahoma City got stuck with number four. If you're in the Western Conference, if you get a top three seed, you have to you have to like your chances moving forward in the postseason. And if the Thunder just hover around this this point, which is going to be tough considering the flaws and deficiencies on this roster but also how tough their schedule is about to start getting. Uh, if they can hover around one, two, and three, you got to like your chances. But, yeah, I mean, teams like the Clippers, I don't know if they can sustain a lot of this. The Who knows what the Rockets and the Kings going to be like in a few months. I mean, it, it's, it's just it's awesome. It's just awesome basketball from top to bottom. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, Thunder schedule getting tough here uh, in the stretch. People have been talking about it for a while. We're going to do this weird NBA thing that they're trying out this year where they're going to give us a lot of back-to-backs of the same teams playing each other. Uh, so that starts this Sunday, actually, December 30th. They're traveling to uh, face off against the Dallas Mavericks and the uh, Fighting Matt Ravises, a.k.a. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Ditch. Luka Doncic. No, he's Slovenian. It's hard to say. Yeah, sorry. There's yeah. like a C with like a little squiggly line. I'm from Marlow. Total transparency, we did not practice reading Slovenian words. Marlow. Not one time. Not one time. Yeah, uh, okay. Then on Monday night, the following day, New Year's Eve, they are going to travel back to Oklahoma City and face the Dallas Mavericks again. So the 30th and the 31st, they play the Dallas Mavericks on back-to-back nights. Then they go to Los Angeles, who, to a lot of people's surprise, is one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, but is LeBron going to be in that game? LeBron will more than likely not be in that game. It's supposed to be revalued. 
reevaluated in two to three weeks, which would fall a couple days after um, that matchup there. And then they play at Portland, Washington at home, which is a dumpster fire, Minnesota <laughs> at home, which is equally a dumpster fire, and then at San Antonio, uh, at San Antonio, and then San Antonio at their place back to back nights. Uh, me saying all that is, I've been hearing the narrative that the 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 schedule is going to get a little bit tougher. I think some of that might be a little bit misleading. Obviously, they're going to play Dallas twice here. Dallas is a little bit pe- better than people were expecting. But in reality, their talent is probably worse than what their record is. Luka has been playing unconscious for about a month, which is helping them gather some wins. So that team might a- actually be as good as what their record says. Los Angeles has some bad injuries that are coming up at the right time for the Thunder. And Portland is going through a little bit of a cold streak here. And then you face off against a couple teams like Washington, who's I don't know what they're doing. I was going to say trying for Zion, but that's clearly not they're, true. They're trying to win games. They just literally can't. Well, they show up to the games and they play basketball. That's We can confirm that. Right. And then Minnesota, a team that was hot, so their record, again, is better than they probably actually are. Um, and so, yes, their schedule is going to get a little bit tougher, but in reality, if you actually look at the individual games, I don't see any games coming up where I'm like, oh, that's 100% a Thunder loss. There's no way they pull well, that one out. Well, no. Like, like we just said, the Thunder are a top... Let me rephrase. There's none of those games I don't think the Thunder are going to be favored in. How about that? Is okay. that better? Okay, that's a little bit fair. I, I mean, I don't think there's any for sure losses, but at the same time, there's not a lot of for sure wins, and I think that's the way a lot of fans, a lot of some of the media, that's how they'll view a certain game situation here or there. Um, and that's just kind of the case. That's just kind of the way life is in the Western Conference. Not like even Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is, you know, they were kind of on a hot streak where they're <laughs> playing like, oh, we don't really care about right. tanking yet. But it's not that late in the season. We can still kind of play basketball, and they do have talent. I mean, even tonight, um, going back into a little bit of the game, the re- one of the huge reasons why this game was tight um, in the middle part of the game, and the Suns actually took the lead, was because. Steven Adams did not have the advantage over DeAndre Ayton. I mean, Nerlens no. Noel in the first meeting had his first 20 and 15 game against the rookie playing in his third or fourth game. And then Steven Adams just destroys him in the the following two meetings. And since then, there's been a few months of basketball and the, and the number one overall pick has progressed. You know, oh my God, he's improved. God forbid someone improves. <laughs> and he's... Um, Steven no longer had no longer had that type of advantage over him and that was a huge reason for tonight's game why it went the way it went. But again, there's so much talent in this in this conference. It's it's just a matter of the cliche. You just gotta take it one game at a time and one you know, one night at a time. And luckily for the Thunder, they've at least built up a momentum and a rhythm in their in this season that you can be confident moving forward, even though their schedule may get tough in the eyes of some people. Right. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Uh, DeAndre Ayton finished the game uh, with 16 points and uh, 9 rebounds, so a, a pretty good effort there. T.J. Warren was hot from the outside there in those middle quarters that really helped keep the Phoenix Suns afloat with 19 points, 3 of 6 from the three-point line. Phoenix Suns uh, played a good ball game tonight, especially shooting from the outside. It just tapered off at the end of the game. A couple of stats here that I find a little interesting as far as team-wide goes. Both teams had 17, re- uh, 17 turnovers. Both teams had the... Uh, both teams had the same amount of offensive rebounds. Uh, the only thing that was disparaging is that the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder shot the ball better. Who would have thought? A lot of that had to do with the points of the paint. Did you see that? Yes. Oh. Oh. Well, the Thunder started out, I think it was 15 of their first 19 yeah, points they, or they, something they, like that. They were, were in the paint. They were 8 of 11. In, yeah, of their first 11 shots, they hit, they hit 8 of them. Um, I think in the first half, they had only missed uh, maybe 10 shots in the paint. Um, they had 40. They had about 40 at half. 
you know, even though I just kind of talked about for five minutes about how well DeAndre Ayton played in comparison to his other games against the Thunder, the Thunder still dominated the paint, and that's, I mean, this is Phoenix. They're probably going to get the number one overall pick, but um, yeah, I mean, the th- that's kind of been a recurring theme for this team is they've been able to just dominate the paint, generate easy buckets, and that's a part of this team's identity is we know we can't shoot consistently from a lot of players outside of Abdul Nader, excuse me. Um, yeah, it, it, if you're not going to be able to shoot, you're you're going to have to get easy points in the paint, and that's what this team did. That's what they did on Christmas Day against Houston for one quarter, and then after that, it was just all James Harden, and yeah, you, get, you catch the L. Yeah, on the text line from uh, the Cummins Auto Group in Weatherford, uh, this is from 5133. I'm also from Stevens County. Can't confirm there's no Slovenian being taught. <laughs> so uh, I'm not crazy. They're not teaching Slovenian anywhere in Stevens County, which if, for those of you who don't know, is southern Oklahoma. Can we force an intern to um, learn Slovenian? I think we can just force Austin. Austin? Austin is not for that. We'll go ahead and get that on the record right now. Austin is not a fan. Well, we I think it would help your career. We can have Brayden. You know, I, even is if he's still an intern? Yeah, Brayden is still an intern. Okay, cool. Actually, I said that um, one post game ago. I, what, what night was that? Uh, it was the last time the, the Thunder played the Clippers. He went to the OU Tulsa basketball or the OU game in Tulsa against USC. I called him an intern. He was like, "What? This is news to me." And I. I my bad, but yeah, his Twitter account still said intern, so I just read it. I just read what I saw. Hey Shout yeah. out Brady, catching fire, catching fire. He's awesome, Brady Trantham. All right, let's Learn. go ahead and uh, knock out uh, the Brady Trantham kick-ass play of the game. Woo. What song is this? I don't know. This okay. Sound- I just I just figured you the aficionado. I bet neither of you would ever guess this. No, I Chisholm okay. is not this genre. <laughs> is this? Is this Coldplay? <laughs> is this the Frey? <laughs> is this Aretha Franklin? Is this John Mayer? Oh my this gosh! Is the Dave Matthews, Mayer. This is what the Dave Matthews Band is going to play at the Orange Bowl tomorrow, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe the Sooners would win. Back to the point of this segment. I, this is going to be kind of boring because pretty much every possession in which Abdul Nader touched the ball is probably the possession of the game. One hundred percent. So I have two. The very fir- the very beginning of the game, Russell gets a steal, full court pass to Terrence Ferguson who gets it Beautiful. at the elbow. Yeah, it was a perfect pass. The defender was in the perfect position for Terrence to just put the ball on the floor and go straight to the hoop. Uh, Ferguson actually um, um, hits the layup. Really got the Thunder started um, quickly with that pace that we talked about. How Russell was really aggressive with the ball initially to start off. Ferguson was a big part of that early on, but also having to do with Abdul Nader. His first three came as a result of a Dennis Schroeder driving kick. It was a deep drive, and I think Schroeder, until the very last microsecond, decided, oh, Nader's standing right there in the corner. And Abdul finally got his first. I think that's his first three-pointer of his uh, Thunder career. I 100%. Okay, good, good. Because um, anytime it's a home game and it's garbage time, Madison and I are waiting in the tunnel for the game to end to get into the locker room. I'm sorry, I'm not keeping track of how many shots Timothee Luau Cabro or Abdul Nader are actually hitting. Well, good thing you don't have to worry about TLC is because he's in witness protection. So we don't have to worry about Ooh. keeping track of his stats anymore. Uh, yeah, so there you go. There's your kick-ass play of the game. What's it like to have a segment sponsored after your name? Nothing else. There's no sponsor. There's no money behind this. It's just we need to give Brady some love, and we're going to give him his entire segment. I'm so honored. You actually, I actually didn't know about it for the first two or three post games. Like <laughs> I thought Jerry was just asking me my opinion. Like, what did you think the cool, the best possession was? And usually, Madison and I are either recording our OKC82 podcast or we're in the locker room if it's a home game. Oh, so wait, I, OKC82 podcast. Where's that at? 
Everywhere. It okay. is everywhere. It's like it surrounds you. If I have a smartphone, where do I find it? You at? cannot escape. Uh, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Type in OKC82 Podcast. It's most of the time, 98% of the time, it's Madison, uh, Miss Madison Morris and myself running mm-hmm. it. Um, after every game, uh, home or away, we'll, we will do about a 20 to 30 to 40 minute podcast, depending on how much we want to talk. So if they want to listen to that, they need to do what? Uh, go to those applications, Google and Play. And subscribe? And subscribe and leave a comment and tell me how bad my voice what is. What about a review? Oh, you can leave a review. Okay. Yeah, that's just tell me how bad my voice is. Okay. It makes me, okay. it makes me, it fuels me. I've been uh, uh, Brian Colangioing those review boards on your podcast and just <laughs> leaving the nastiest things I can think of <laughs> under fake names. Uh, okay, anyway, let's move on. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is obviously the rise of Abdul Nader's. That could be foreshadowing of Patrick Patterson's role. It could be in 10 days we go, oh yeah, Abdul Nader's on this team because he hadn't played uh, in a handful of games in a row. Everything is in uh, in the cards here. We're very early on trying to figure out how Abdul Nader's going to fit into this roster long term. My question to you is though, obviously... Uh, Andre Robertson is getting reevaluated on January 11th, I'm not mistaken, but close to there, um, here in just a, f- a couple weeks. When Andre Robertson returns, Ter- Fer- Terrence Ferguson gets pushed back to his bench role. Suddenly you have Terrence Ferguson, Alex Abrinas, Abdul Nader, Hamo Diallo, and the corpse of TLC on the end of the bench. It's a lot of young guys, four of which, those first four I mentioned, most people would feel probably deserve to get rotation minutes. Um, if not for the team's benefit, at least for their own personal growth long-term for the team's benefit. Um, how does that all get worked out? Is that if people going to fall out of that rotation? Um, are we going to see a couple of those guys packaged and sent away for a Patrick Patterson replacement? What is your thoughts there? Well, I think, first of all, there's a few scenarios here. If you get Andrew Robertson back and he's the same player that he's been, you know, over the last three years of being one of the best, if not the best perimeter defender in the NBA, then, of course, you put Terrence Ferguson back to the bench, and that only bolsters your bench because, yeah, Ferguson started, what, he missed his first 13 shots of the season from beyond the arc. Yeah. Since then, I think he's shooting north of, he's either shooting 36 or north of 36%. You know, the problem is with him is just he doesn't get that many opportunities, so it, it's it's an efficiency that doesn't really matter. He'll right. go he'll go stretches of games where he doesn't take a shot. And that's something that the Thunder are going to have to work work on if scenario B happens where you get Andre Everson back and he's not the same player. Um the, the good thing for Billy is the way Robertson is, the way, you know, with all the flaws that we all know that he has, despite the great things he brings to this team, Billy doesn't have to play him that much. Right. And Terrence Ferguson at least ha- he's at least shown the ability to give peep, give coaches, give his teammates, give fans, give the media the confidence that maybe there's something there that can grow into something bigger than what Andre Robertson gave you. He may not be the the type of defender that Andre Robertson is, but he could be something. Uh, he could be more of an offensive threat, which kind of counterbalances everything. But in terms of like packaging people, um, ooh, I don't know. I think the Thunder like Abdul Nader. I've been reading a lot of stuff about Pascal Siakam. Is he any good? Should we go get him? I've never heard of this guy. Okay. John Hamm is just raves about him all the time. You should just go on NBA Reddit or <laughs> Twitter.com. I promise you, you'll find something. I uh, know. And so a cluster of talent, never a bad thing, uh, especially if it's young talent. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see a couple of those guys on the move as we get closer to the deadline for something that might help this team a little bit more. Um, as far as an individual player, instead of having a handful of players at the same position, having one guy who's proven, and Patrick Patterson shot being left in Toronto over a year and a half ago is not something this team was expecting. Obviously, when he got signed, uh, that was supposed to be a uh, 
a big contribution that they were going to have for a long time. Uh, okay, let's do our uh, our most questionable segment of the show. Uh, we're going to do the Who That Dunk That, and I'm going to let Brady and Austin handle all of the accents. Go, Austin. Austin, let's hear it. This is all you. I want to hear your accent. You don't have to pick a Who That Dunk That, but I want to hear you talk in a Cajun accent. I, I, do it, boy. I, dude, there's no way. I do declare... <laughs> That's that's a Savannah accent, you know. We don't we're not in Savannah, Georgia, where the molasses is running out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm impressed. That'll work. That'll work. Yes, uh, Brady. A lot of Cajun, a lot of Cajuns in Georgia. Did you like Cajun food? Oh, I love Cajun. It's food. The actually, best. I actually had some Cajun food uh, for Christmas down in Houston. My uh, so girlfriend's, my girlfriend's uh, sister's family. Power rankings of Chisholm's favorite food to eat: Cajun food number one, Chinese food number two. Crap after that. Uh, you eat crap? I'm just saying. It's all, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Let's do the Who That Dunk That. I think we both have the same one written down because when it happened, it's pretty clear that it was going to be the Who That Dunk That play of the game, Brady. Well, really, it should have been Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Got robbed. I, I have no idea why that was waived. Did did I was screaming, Austin, did you hear anything? Did you hear uh, Chris Fisher or Michael Cage explain why that was actually waived? Because I, there was a defender in the paint under the rim, so he could hang on it. The, the, ball, the ball had already rolled off the hoop, so there was no offensive pa- um, offensive interference. And Jeremy didn't jump on and hang on the rim before he caught the ball to dunk it. He hung on the rim after he dunked it. I don't know why that was waived. That It was called offensive basket interference, which means the ball was either inside the cylinder or Grant made contact with the rim before he made the basket. Yeah, which none of those things happened. Neither of those things happened, but that's what they said. I, it, that it should did, have been the who that dunked that yeah, play It the did game. look weird. I think that's probably why it was called, because it just looks so awkward. Because he dunked cool. it with the one hand and grabbed the rim with two, Yeah, which it, is strange looking in general. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, in a perfect world, it should be that, but it's going to be the fast break. Uh, Russell Westbrook feeds Hamadou Diallo with the left-handed slam in the fourth quarter, because it was awesome, and that pretty much put the cap on the game, I think. I think at that point, they went on a... They were on like a 9-0 run, and that really separ- that separated them from the Suns, and they never you know, came back because they're Phoenix. And the Thunder won. Yay, everyone's happy. There you go. Everyone's happy on a Friday night before Oklahoma plays in the Orange Bowl against Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your uh, who that dunked that play of the game. Obviously, um, big-time play. Something that I think is a little bit undersold uh, that's not going to be talked a lot about in this ballgame, but plates a pretty crucial role, especially with the early offense for this team. Russell Westbrook leads the league in assists. Uh, he's averaged a triple-double a couple of years in a row. People know he can pass the ball around. His transition passing was unbelievable in this game. Full-court passes, half-court passes, bounce passes to cutters down the middle of the lane. He, he was spot-on for about three quarters. Now, in the fourth quarter, he got a little careless with the ball, which led to a few more turnovers. But, man, he threw some absolute beautiful dimes in transition tonight. He also gave, I don't know, Kelly Oubre's heart like a run for his money because he just kept jam, just running right <laughs> into his chest and never got called for a charge. I think it happened like three times, maybe two. I can't remember. But Kelly yes. Oubre was pretty frustrated with that. Kelly Oubre. Oubre. Whatever. Yes, Russell was on. He was on. A, he was on fire today. You know, he, he, he was. He just. It looked like a. It looked like a Russell Westbrook game. You know, he's not going to drop forty all the time, but. You know, just the Russell Westbrook game from you know the previous seasons, where he will hit any north of twelve shots a game on some like insert your bad efficiency here tonight. He was actually really good. Um, just doesn't look lost offensively, right? And and on, and when I say offensively, I mean per, just strictly scoring because even though he's struggled, 
he's still been averaging near a triple double despite all these struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had double digit assists despite only hitting two or three shots a game. You know, he hasn't let it let that affect his game. But he's he was on such a shooting rhythm tonight that it just like you said, it just made everything much easier, much better for him. And yeah, it just looked like a vintage Russell Westbrook game and the Thunder needed it considering everybody's injured and everybody's sick and nobody wanted to play tonight in Phoenix. (laughs) Nobody wanted to play tonight in Phoenix. Uh, Russell Westbrook, again, finished the game with 40 points, 17 to 29 from the field, which those numbers sound huge. That efficiency is really pretty good. Uh, Only concerning thing, and it's been a concerning thing now for almost two full seasons. Three six from the free throw line. Still trying to get it figured out there of what What's going to get him back into being an 80 to 85% uh, free throw shooter? All right. Well, uh, make sure that you reach out to us on the Cummins Auto Group and Memorial, uh, Cummins Auto Group and Weatherford text line, 8474, type the word Texas space, and then your message. Uh, you can also give us a call, 460-1077-460-1077 on the Little Cedars Hot and Ready Hotline. Or you can tweet at us at Chisholm Holland, at Brady Does Sports, not cover sports, at Brady Does Sports, and at A Brissett. And we would uh, love to interact with you a little bit here and tell us your thoughts on uh, this Oklahoma City Thunder victory in Phoenix. I was just going to say or ask you guys a question. Uh, Austin or Chisholm, uh, what is the last name of Iowa State's kicker? I knew what this question was going to be because he's just on the screen, so that's why I'm laying off. <laughs> now, I remember you saying it in... in uh in the room whenever we were watching the Thunder game. And for those of you that don't know, whenever he asked me earlier if I if I knew what the who that dunk that was, I showed up to this place half asleep, you know, kind of trying to figure out what was going on. And as soon as that happened, when Jeremy jumped, or Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Grant, I should say, yeah, Brady jumped up just like Jeremy Grant did to put that ball in the bucket. Brady was excited. Yes, Brady was very, very excited. It was pretty wild. It but, was a uh, cool dunk. It was a cool it dunk. It was. It was cool. It really was cool. The question remains, Brady, what's the kicker's name from Iowa State? I have it right here, but I, I don't know if... Uh, Please go ahead and say it. I think my mom's listening, so I, I don't need to be saying it. Connor, I promise you my mom's not. Connor Assley. <laughs> Ass Alley. Ass Alley. Somewhere in there. I mean, That's it's how you the, spell it. Uh, I'm not saying that's not how you say it. That's how you spell it. That's yeah. exactly how it's spelled. Well, yeah, it was what, it was the Auburn-Purdue game. It was Ass Alley. When the, <laughs> when the franchise drive has a new producer on Monday, you can blame Brady for making me say that. Oh. There we go. Uh, all right, so let's uh, get out of here. we got one more segment to go. We'll do uh, the NBA scoreboard. Uh, we'll also do the stat cat, make sure we let him in, gets fed on uh, this away game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is the Thunder First Take postgame show brought to you by Tully Tickets on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back to the First Take postgame show. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, Austin Brissett at Chisholm Holland, at Brady Covering Sports and A Brissett on Twitter. You can follow us there. You can reach out to us on the text line. Cummins Auto Group in Weatherford, 8474. Type the word text, a space, and then your message. Type the word text, a space, and then your message. Or reach out to us on the phone. We'd love to talk to you. Hear your beautiful voices. I don't know if I've ever, ever actually talked to a caller before as the host. So let's let's cross that bridge. 460-1077, 460-1077 on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder get a victory on the road, 118-102 against the Phoenix Suns, which is the... 17th time they've played them this year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, We're close to that number, at least. A convincing victory from start to finish there. In this segment, we are going to do the NBA scoreboard, where Austin's going to take us around the league, tell us some scores on what's going around the NBA, as well as the uh, stat cat. 
But before we jumped into that, uh, I want to talk to Brady a little bit about uh, Nerlens Noel and what he thinks about his play recently. Ooh, yes. He actually had a really nice game tonight. I don't think he scored, but no. he had three or four steals. Let me, one second. I'm, I'm not prepared. Nerlens Noel Can everybody hear did me not score a basket <laughs> tonight. Um, he did have four steals. Yeah, he had four steals, and they were they weren't steals um, as a result of like a bad pass um, across the paint. And or like the had, the guy fumbles the pass yeah, coming in. Yeah, he drops to the floor, straight, and Nerlens falls on top of it. He straight guarded like a guard, Jamal and, Crawford. Yeah, picked he, his pocket twice. He picked he picked Jamal Crawford's pocket twice. And uh, granted, start, it's really hard to dribble a basketball with a walker. <laughs> It's an old person joke. He elderly, yeah. Jerry's uh, <laughs> rubbing off on me too yeah, much. Yeah, uh, Nerlens had a really good game tonight, considering that he didn't actually register a point. But that—that's what he gives you, and that's what the Thunder missed last year, right? And uh, I mean, the th- yes, before that, the Thunder had Ennis Cantor, and his sheer scoring really, you know, offset a lot of his defensive inefficiencies. But Nerlens gives the Thunder what you really need and look for in a backup center and just somebody that gives you a, a, an array of options of versatility and whether it's catching lobs, even though Dennis Schroeder is not the best at um, throwing a lob, uh, whether it's finishing a lob, whether it's uh, getting rebounds, whether it's setting screens, whether it's getting steals like he did tonight. Nerlens does a little bit of everything and on any given night he'll do one or two of those things right. really, really well. And on top of that, he's a competent scorer. He, he can finish around the basket, and he's got a nice little jump shot. So he's everything you need and you look for in a backup center. Uh, tonight was just another one of his uh, another one of these games that he's been able to put together in the last month, where he's been or he's been able to showcase a lot of that talent. And um, again, I'll keep I keep saying this. I said it in the off season. If Nerlens Noel is on this team um, next year for whatever reason, it's because he didn't have a good year. He's not going to get the contract that he. <laughs> said no to in Dallas the, uh, a year and a half ago. He's right. not, not going to get that money. Allegedly. But, <laughs> yes, allegedly, allegedly. Excuse me. He's not going to get that money, but he's going to get a, if he keeps this up, he's going to get a nice contract. And I don't know if, unless the Thunder just love him and want to go further into the tax, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him the way that he's playing. Yeah. All right. So let me give uh, the roundabout answer of what you're thinking, well, man, why are we talking about Nerlens Noel for like 13 minutes? Obviously, Patrick Patterson finding a backup four, kind of the hot topic right now for the Thunder, because that's the easiest point of where the weakest on this team. And the backup four position has been where they have struggled the most. Why in the playoffs can they not just go to a three-man rotation up front with Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, and Jeremy Grant? Why, why couldn't that work? Jeremy Grant's going to play 36 to 38 minutes in the playoffs. You're really only going to have six minutes where you're going to need to find someone to play power forward. And I know Nerlens Noel is not a power forward now. He came into the league that way. And watching him tonight being able to guard on the perimeter the way he was, I know that's not an ideal lineup next to Steven Adams, but you couldn't convince me it's not worth trying, especially with how poor Patrick Patterson has been playing. Yeah, I pulled Billy aside within like the first two weeks of the season and just basically asked him, like, what what are the thoughts behind a an Adams-Noel because I've always been fascinated by having the two bigs. Because I guess I'm, I, I grew up watching the Miami Heat with Alonzo Mourning, Shaquille O'Neal. I, I kind of like. Who that. are they? I, I know. I don't know. They're old. They're also elderly. Um, Walkers. <laughs> I could work on another Walker joke there, but I'm going to pass. I think they're the same age as Jamal Crawford. No, um, <clears throat> I was going to make an Antoine Walker, Walker joke. To be clear, <laughs> no, it's um, it, it's it's kind of a fascinating thought. But I understand what Billy kind of told me. He's just he he said it. Just what you're thinking. You can't really do anything with it on offensively. You can't stretch the floor, and it gets really clogged. But he did say that it's something that he has thought of. And at the time, I think they ran it for about 
four minutes. They have done it this year. They did well, it twice. Yeah, yeah, they've done it twice, and I think fairly recently. Because mm-hmm. I remember a couple games ago. I, yeah, I remember tweeting it out like in the last week or so that it happened. But um, at that point, he had only done it for about four minutes in the blue-white scrimmage. He didn't do it any preseason games. He, he didn't do it in any of the initial um, first four or five or six games up until the point when I asked him. Um, but it is it's something that the Thunder have in their arsenal, and depending on a matchup, I would be confident that it could work. But it would have to be in a just the most the most fine-tuned situation where it's like, okay, this is the only way we can counter this. Go at it. And I, I would, I want to see it. I, I'm just, I'm curious. I just want to see what happens. Obviously that lineup doesn't work against like Golden State. Uh, that would just get eaten alive. We don't know that because we haven't seen it. I do know that. And I haven't <laughs> seen it. Um, but my point is, I guess, there's 48 minutes in a basketball game. I'm not very good at math, but there's 48, 14, yeah, 48. Uh, Steven Adams last year averaged 38 minutes a game in the conference final in the in the playoffs. So Stephen Adams playing 38 minutes. You under, you assume Jeremy Grant is going to be right there in that ballpark. So now you're talking about 20 minutes a game that you need in front court help. Why would you trade up young assets for someone who's going to fill that gap for 10 minutes a game when you maybe have that guy already on the roster who's playing so well most nights but just doesn't have the minutes because you have a borderline all star starting. There's nowhere else to put him right now. Nero's Noel on most other teams. Yeah, most other teams is probably getting more than 13 minutes, especially tonight, yeah. the way he was playing. No, no. But he's just not going to get them here. I just I think it's worth a shot of trying to get a little creative, get your best players on the floor. And I understand, again, two big lineups don't work. But for a four-minute stretch at the, at the start of the second quarter and then a three-minute stretch at the end of the third quarter, I don't know why that couldn't be just a little curveball you throw in there every game in the playoffs. And suddenly now Patrick Patterson, someone who's been just totally ineffective, is removed from the equation entirely. Yeah, I mean... That's a, probably the the main reason why Abdul Nader gets a lot of burns tonight. I mean, obviously there was injuries and a sickness that the Thunder are dealing with, so maybe that also played into it. But I mean, Patrick or Abdul Nader got uh, a lot of minutes because Patrick Patterson wasn't performing against Houston. And I know Billy wanted to say, well, they are playing small. No, you'd still want to play Patrick Patterson considering how little time Abdul Nader has played. You're doing this to try and find something else that you don't have and that you've been proved that has been proven to you. You know, you've not been able to have because Patrick Patterson has played so terribly in the last right. just just all year. But I mean, I understand what you're saying. The, the, the good thing with the Thunder is Nerlens Noel is about he's one of the best options at a backup center that you can have in small doses. If you gave if you had him out there for large doses, I Which, do- number one on that list is Boban Marianovic. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Oh, uh, what is he the the best per of? Uh, any player? In, yeah, if you put the right minute restriction on it where you have to play a certain amount minute. of minutes. Yeah, yeah. It basically the list reads like Michael Jordan, Boban, LeBron, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. It's just all these Hall of Famers and Boban's at number two behind I, Michael. I, I want to see how tall that statue is. It's typically, statue. typically statues are taller than the actual human. Do they do busts in the NBA Hall of Fame? Um, I mean, do not say bust and Boban in the same sentence. He is not a bust. <laughs> Touche. Let, let us, let us Touché. show respect here. Touche. Um, Again, what were we talking about, Nerlens Noel? Nerlens Noel. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. No. Um, you said he's a, the best backup center in the league. No place. He's the best minutes. backup center in the league that you can only throw out there for small doses, and he's important because why small doses though? That's the part I don't understand. Well, because just what you were saying, he only plays about thirteen minutes. He should probably be getting more minutes again. I, like I think he should teams. be in the twenty to twenty-two range. Yeah, but the problem is th- that I think is because a lot of what he does so well is he tends to overhelp, and he's such a great athlete that he can recover from yeah. maybe going a little bit too far on, on um, uh, chasing a guard. Yeah, on the perimeter. But 
if you put him out there in small doses, I think you get a lot you, you a lot of these types of plays that we saw tonight where he's able to force steals on the perimeter. You get a lot of the a lot of that comes um comes to the top and uh some of his flaws and a lot of the mistakes he's able to make, you don't get to see it that much. But again, it's 13 minutes, but it's it's kind of sporadic when he's actually out there. He's out there at different points in quarters. He's It's not very consistent because Stephen Adams perpetually is dealing with injury, and he'll always go to the locker room. He'll always go to the stationary bike in the tunnel. So it's great to have your second option be Nerland's Noel. Right. Who should probably be a starting center in the league. That's true. Well, Probably. All right, uh, let's go ahead and... uh... Let's go around the association for a franchise NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Family Leisure, off Northwest Expressway, and by SunTech. Couldn't have said it better myself. The voice had enough of you, Chisholm. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) I am honestly so sorry that I pushed that button so early. You're good, brother. You read my mind. I automatically assumed that, huh, I guess we're going to go to the NBA scoreboard update. And as soon as you said, all right, let's, I was like, okay, he's going to the NBA scoreboard update. Okay, click. (laughs) You read my mind. Click. All right. You nailed it. I'm proud of you. So, all right, it worked out okay. All right, obviously, we'll go ahead and start with the one that uh, occurred tonight out in Phoenix. You heard it all here. Chisholm and Brady giving you the breakdown of the Oklahoma City Thunder. 118-102 win over the Phoenix Suns, who are now 9-27 and on the year. Just God, an, an abysmal basketball team. But as for games in progress out in La La Land, the Lakers and the Clippers, 80-78 to Lakers right now. That game is in the third quarter with about a minute and a half left. Uh, the Lakers... Nobody, what what are they? Twenty and fifteen. Kyle Kuzma's got eighteen and seven on the night. I mean, no LeBron James, so it's been a little difficult. No Rajon Rondo. Yeah, no Rajon Rondo. So I mean, we'll see what happens to the Lakers as the year goes on. Another game uh, that actually that was the only game in progress, but another game that has ended: the Hornets and the Nets. The Hornets took that one one hundred to eighty-seven. That game was played in Charlotte. As for another one, the Pistons and the Pacers. This one in Indiana. Indiana took this one one twenty-five. To 88. I mean, and the Pistons, what, at 16 and 17, I feel like the Pistons, don't get me wrong, I didn't think they were going to be some powerhouse in the Eastern Conference, but at 16 and 17, Andre Drummond's obviously doing what Andre Drummond does. He had 12 and 12 tonight. You know, Blake Griffin's going to do what Blake Griffin does, but the Pistons, I really thought they would be better than they are right now. So did Jerry Ramsey. So did Jerry Ramsey. Two things. Blake Griffin got called for a foul that he did not agree with or did not get a call. I'm not entirely sure which one it was. Uh, he pulled out an iPad to show the referee a picture, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, point, number, point number two in this ball game, Indiana has officially eclipsed the Oklahoma City Thunder for the best defense in the league. Uh, putting, holding the Pistons to 88 is only going to reinforce that. They've been incredible. Well, again, the Thunder played the Suns, so Indiana got the... He, Indiana's probably a little bit better on this one because they had to play the Pistons and they're terrible. Ain't that right, Jerry Ramsey? <laughs> they're so bad. Yeah, they're so, terrible. so bad. Continue. All right, uh, another game that ended earlier tonight. Most how predictable about, outcome of the night. How about this? The Raptors and the Magic. The Magic win that one 116 to 87, that game in Orlando. You said that backwards. What, Raptors Magic? Magic won that one 116 to 87. Oh my God, that's actually what happened. The yeah, Magic, the Magic won that game 116 to 87. The Magic won by 29. How ridiculous is or that? Or maybe the best team in the league right now. Who's actually now second it's in the Eastern Conference. It's because Mo Bamba's starting now, right? Is he? I think so. Nikola Vucevic had 30 and 20 in oh, the win. Oh, my God. Never Good mind. <laughs> so if he came off the bench and put up 30 and 20, that dude needs to start. That's six man right there. Six, six man, man of the year material right there. All right, two teams that are also struggling in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls Bite take, your tongue. Ta- the Bulls take down the Wizards. In Washington, 101-292. I know the fighting Chisholm Hollins, the Bulls. They're on the up and up, man. Look at that, 10-26. Get a win over the dumpster fire that is the Washington Wizards. 
Here's all, all I'll say. All, all those wind sprints are paying off. There you <laughs> go, right? <All> push-ups. <laughs> uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen. After this, I'm going to shut up. I swear we're going to get through this. Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen, uh, the starting front court, the last two draft picks the, the Bulls have taken 31 and 30 combined tonight. It's a monster game. Monster game. Man. Them Chicago Bulls, man. I'll tell you what. And all, hey, man. And especially with the Wizards, all those f bombs to Scott Brooks. I guess they're paying off too. You know, continuing to lose. But it is what it is. The Heat take on the Cavaliers tonight. Also, another game in the Eastern Conference. The Heat win that one, one eighteen to ninety four. The Cavs also. Gosh, they're terrible. They also have nine wins. And how about this? The Hawks get a win tonight in Minnesota over the Timberwolves, one twenty three to one twenty. They are now. I believe in second place for trying for Zion. The Cavs have nine wins along with the Phoenix Suns who also have nine wins. So that's going to be an interesting race, folks, to see who the worst team in the league is to get Zion Williamson. And the Mavericks who the Thunder take on here in two days. They lose to the Pelicans tonight in New Orleans 114-112. to And the last one here listed the Nuggets to uh, actually beat the Spurs 102-99. to That one in Denver. There you go. Thanks, Austin. Any reaction to that Trey Young apparently came alive in overtime is what I'm reading. Shout out Trey Young. Hawks scored 42 points in the first quarter of that ballgame. I mean, that's just what Atlanta does. They score. <laughs> they just don't stop anybody. <laughs> they else just from don't scoring. stop anybody or score enough points. Generally, that does not lead to very successful NBA basketball. All right, we're up against it here, so let's go ahead and let the stack head in. What's new? Brady Trantham has the stack at stat of the game. Oh, yeah. Followed up with an encore from Austin. So, that Dennis Schroeder and Russell West, those Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook guys, yeah, those guys, they combined tonight in the fourth quarter for 29 points on 11 of 14 shooting. What is that efficiency-wise? 11 of 14? Yeah. I can't do that math in my head. I have no idea. Can anyone do math here? Austin. What? 11 of 14, what percent is that? I can uh, 11 of 14, that's pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Pretty otherwise. good is not yeah. a number. All right, uh, I got you here. That's 70, if you want to round 70, up, 79. S- yep, 78.5%. That's good. That's, that's very good. Ten be- Almost 10 better than nice. Um, yeah, help the Thunder outscore the Suns 37-18 in the fourth quarter and ultimately win the game. Yay, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Austin, you got a stat cat stat of the no, game? No, no, I do not have a stat cat. I was just going to ask you. And you know, I'm on my game now on the buttons here. I didn't you start are. that one a little early, so there you go. There you go. That makes up for that. Yes, I love the round of applause. I'm Austin's all here getting for it. Figured out. Over yeah, there. finally getting it figured out. Only after a year of doing this, so hey, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> I've been doing this a lot longer than you, and I screw up way more often. It happens. It happens. That's why they put me over here because there's no buttons on this side. I'm only in charge of four buttons. Over there, I was in charge of like thirty. So if I'm over here, it's way harder to screw up. It's the truth. That's how it works. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, let's go ahead and do our final thoughts here. Austin, what is your final thought of this game? Good win. It's going to be tough going into a back-to-back against the Dallas Mavericks, who are playing better than they have in recent years. Luka Doncic is going off. But, I mean, it, it's a good win to, to avoid three in a row, right? I believe they mm-hmm. lost to Houston on Christmas, and then before that they lost to the Timberwolves. Uh, I mean, your schedule is going to start getting tougher. Like you said, that might be kind of misleading. But going forward, it's good for the Thunder to keep winning these games that they should win, you know, staying on top of that. I mean, it'd be good to go take one out of these two against the Mavericks. I mean, you might, I don't know if they lose in Dallas. At home, I think they end up winning that regardless of if it's the second night of a back-to-back. Hell, they could take both of them. But yeah. it is what it is. We'll see what they do. But it's it's good to see the Thunder continuing to do what they need to do to stay on top in the West early instead of falling behind. Wouldn't that be nice? Brady, final thoughts on the game. It's almost 2019. All right, thanks, Brady. Let's get this out of here. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, obviously, we have OU football game tomorrow, an important one. Brady is on pins and needles. I, I'm su- surprised he even participated with us tonight because he has so much angst about the OU Alabama game. Obviously, that kicks off at 7 p.m. It'll be right here on 1077 The Franchise. We'll have your coverage, though, starting all the way at 7 a.m. with TV's Jerry and Kelly Gregg. First thing in the morning for a few hours, Sam and Colby with John Hoover will hop on in the early afternoon and lead you all the way up until kickoff. Uh, so make sure you join us. We'll have the best coverage in the state. It won't even be closed. And obviously, we're home for the game as well for Sooner Football. So make sure you uh, tune in for that tomorrow. Uh, I'm Chisholm Holland. Austin Brissett, thank you for everything you do behind the board. Brandon thank Transom. You, uh, you need to change your Twitter handle. But other than that, stellar performance. <laughs> This has been your Thunder First Take postgame show. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder get the win over the Phoenix Suns and uh, get to 22-12 and 12 on the year. Uh, join us on Sunday night when the Thunder travel to Dallas where Brady and Madison will be in Dallas, be in the physical city of Dallas covering uh, that ball game. So make sure you give them a little bit of love and a little bit of a shout-out there. Uh, anyway, this has been the Thunder First Take post postgame show brought to you by TullyTickets.com. Good night, everybody.